So in week one of our series, Who Is This Man? It was entitled God or Man. And Pastor talked about this fact, that Jesus was the most extraordinary man who ever lived. Would you agree with that? The sacred scriptures give credibility to his extraordinary existence. Pastor Todd also talked about He also said that Jesus declared he was given divine attributes. And also the most important thing, the, 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 the key point in that, that first week was that what we think or believe about Jesus is what most, is what's most important, right? Regardless of who he is, and we know who he is, it doesn't matter if you don't believe or think he's that person. Amen? The man and, and, and God that he is. And then last week we looked at, uh, it, it, Jesus and his early years. We saw four stages of Jesus' life as well as four lessons that we can learn from the early life of Jesus. And these lessons are, we should all develop an appetite for spiritual growth. We should all desire to fulfill God's purposes for our life. We should try to recognize and learn to submit to authority. And lastly, we should strive to develop a balanced approach to life. Remember he used that illustration I saw Anna, the media team, put on Facebook later. You remember the muscle man with the big muscles and the bird legs, you remember? And he was out of balance. And Pastor Todd talked about that, that whatever area of our life we need to be in balance. Um, so this morning we're going to continue by looking at Jesus and his relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus and his relationship with the Holy Spirit. As I mentioned earlier, Pastor Todd took us through the four stages of his life last week. And it was his birth to the beginning of his ministry. His Galilean ministry, his journey towards Jerusalem, and his death, burial, and resurrection in Jerusalem. Now, I want you to hear this this morning. Jesus was completely dependent on the Holy Spirit in every stage of his life. Jesus was completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit at every stage of his life. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit, and Jesus was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit of the living God. We're going to take a deeper look at these four things this morning, but let's go ahead and pray over our time in the Word now. Father, we thank you for sending us your son, Jesus, 100% God, 100% man, the most extraordinary man that ever walked the face of this earth. We thank you for, Lord God, loving us and providing for us everything that we need, Lord God, through him. And that, Lord, when he was resurrected and ascended, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you sent us the Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, we ask this morning that you would teach us, lead us, guide us, open up our hearts, our ears to understand the scriptures this morning and the grace to apply it to our lives. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help me and help me to clearly uh, present uh, the word of truth this morning. Let every word that I say be straight from your throne room. And if it's not, erase it from my mind, my lips. May I only say uh, what's according to your will. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's look at these stages of Jesus' life and the Holy Spirit's involvement in all of them. Number one, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. A lot of us, we read this scripture, or we hear it a lot around Christmas time, and it says this, Matthew 1.18, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. 
For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. We see here clearly that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, who throughout Scripture often had a creative and life-generating role. He had a creative and life-generating role. We look back in Genesis. You can see in Genesis it says that the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the earth and that he took part in creating life, right? If you haven't read Genesis, go back right at the beginning, Genesis chapter 1. We see the Holy Spirit present and being a part of creating all human life on the earth. And then in uh, Ezekiel 37, uh, in what's known as the Valley of Dry Bones, we see that the Holy Spirit also uh, took part in bringing back to life those dead bones. And of course, what we just read, the Holy Spirit brought physical life to Jesus through Mary. But not only does the Holy Spirit create natural life, but he brings forth spiritual life. He brings forth spiritual life. And Jesus makes this clear in the Gospel of John when he's having a conversation with uh, Nicodemus, a a head Jewish uh, religious leader of the time. And in John 3, verse 1, it says this, There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. I mean, he was like a top dog in the Jewish religion. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Three times in just a few verses, Jesus makes it clear that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us a spiritual birth. Amen? He said we all must be born again. Now, you might not be familiar with this term as well. You know, he tells Nicodemus, you know, Nicodemus came and began to ask him. He said, hey, look, I know God's with you, all that. And Jesus just turns the conversation and says, hey, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, you want to go to heaven, you must be born again. And he's just like, out of nowhere. And he's like, how can, Jesus, I'm an old man and my mom's even older. How can I climb back in a room and be born? And he, he didn't understand what he meant. And he said, you must have two births. He said, born of the water and of the spirit. We know that when a baby is in its mother's room, there's a, there's a water sack, right, that the baby sits in for nine months until it's born. He said, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. And he began to tell Nicodemus, you must be born again. You know, like as Pastor Todd said Wednesday night, we had a baptism here and we had the baptismal and a bunch of people got baptized. I was, had the honor of baptizing my youngest daughter on Wednesday night. Such a blessing. Got, I've gotten to baptize all four of my kids. Yes, truly a blessing. It's an honor as a father. And, you know, Pastor Todd made a, a, a comment that night, you know, because we talked to people and we said, hey, when did you give your life to the Lord? And some people say, man, I've, I've, I've always known the Lord. And Pastor Todd said, listen, none of us are born saved. Okay, none of us come out and, and, and we're born saved. Jesus makes it clear again that we have to be born a natural birth. But in order to enter heaven, we have to have a spiritual birth. And it's the Holy Spirit that brings forth this new life. Listen, when Jesus told Nicodemus, 
You must be born again. That word in the Greek, you, is actually plural. So what he was saying was not only Nicodemus, that one man, but like you, all of us, must be born again. We must have a, a regeneration of our spirit. And, and like, well, Brandon, how does, how, how does all of that work? It's supernatural. That's why I always say that, that being born again is the greatest miracle that can ever take place on the face of this earth. It's awesome to see people being healed, miraculous things, people being raised from the dead. But being born again, I believe, is the greatest miracle because it is, ensures our eternal life. And Jesus made it clear. He said, listen, just as the wind blows this way and that way, you can't see it. You don't know where it comes from, but you know the wind's blowing, right? In South Louisiana during the summer, we love when the wind's blowing, right? He said, you know, you don't understand it, but you can feel it. You understand that it's real. I can't sit here and theologically unpack how the Holy Spirit does that because even Jesus said we wouldn't be able to understand. But I know that we all have to have a second birth. We have to realize Jesus loved us so much. It says in John 3.16 that he sent his son to die for us. He loves us in such a mighty way that he knew that because we were born into a fallen world, we would have sin in our lives. So he sent his only son to take away that sin. Again, because he loves us so dearly that he wants to be in relationship with us in this life, but especially in the life to come. He wants to ensure that we live in eternity. That's why he told Nicodemus that in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. And in a little while, I'm, I'm going to give everyone a chance that if you're not sure if you would die today, that you would enter the kingdom of heaven. We're going to give you an opportunity to make sure that you're in right standing with God, that you have been born again, that you have given your life to Christ, repented of sin, and, and, and received the free gift of salvation that only comes through, again, the work of the Holy Spirit. Are y'all following me this morning? Amen. Y'all was excited for worship so you don't crash on me now, right? Number two. Number two. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Oh, this is where it starts getting good now. Well, it's been good. You know, it's the word of God. But he, Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Luke 3, 21 and 22 says this. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. So we see right after Jesus' baptism, Pastor Todd used the scripture Wednesday night and talking of baptism and his obedience and the affirmation from the Father, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. But listen, this is cool. The first verse of the very next chapter in Luke. Luke chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. So that tells us when the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus, he filled Jesus. Because it says when he, he left the Jordan River, that's why he got, that's where he gets baptized. I always think of Pastor Kelly. Pastor Kelly was baptized in the Jordan River. That's a blessing, amen? And so, you know, right when he left there, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and we have to know this and understand about Jesus being totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Because if you look through Scripture, Jesus didn't do not one miracle until he was filled with the Holy Spirit. You can look through the gospel and see that. John shows his first miracle of turning water into wine uh, in the land of Cana. And it wasn't until after his baptism when the Holy Spirit came and filled him. Listen to what John says. He says in John 1.32, he says, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven. And listen to this. It says, and he remained upon him. The Holy Spirit remained upon him. See, in the Old Testament, kings and prophets were anointed with the Holy Spirit, but these anointings were temporary and tied to a particular office or occasion. 
But when John said that the Holy Spirit remained on Jesus, what he was saying was, this anointing is going to be permanently on his life. This anointing that rests upon Jesus. I saw the Holy Spirit come upon him, fill him, and it, it, it remained with him. It remained. This, uh, this power, this empowerment that Jesus had remained upon him. And we, we know that an example of what I'm talking about in the Old Testament. You remember Samson. We all remember Samson. He had supernatural strength and he did all kind of mighty acts. But what happened? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit left him, right? It says the Spirit of the Lord left Samson and he didn't have any more, any more uh, power. So we see how the Spirit of God would come upon kings, prophets, Samson, different people. But the Holy Spirit feel Jesus and stay with Jesus the whole time he was here on the earth. The Bible also says that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon Jesus without limitations. I love this verse. Poured out upon Jesus without measure. How many of y'all desire to be filled with the Spirit without measure? No measurement, Lord. Put the measuring cups up. Just pour it out, Lord. Pour it out. Fill us to, to overflowing. John 34, I'm sorry, John 3:34. for he, meaning Jesus, is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gives him the spirit without limit. You know, I believe it wasn't just for Jesus. I believe that the Lord desires to fill us without limit as well. You know, I, the difference is, is that, you know, Jesus, even though he was 100% man, he was 100% God, and he had no sin. So there was nothing, I believe, to block the flow uh, in and out of the of the of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, because of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was able to fulfill his mission on earth, which included preaching the gospel, healing people, doing miracles, as well as enduring and embracing the cross and everything leading up to it. All the beating, the torture, the you know the ridicule, that that the shame that he faced, that he took upon himself for us. It was, it was through the power, this empowerment of the Holy Spirit that he was able to endure all of this stuff. It was only because of the power of the Holy Spirit. He was able to do this because of the unlimited power. I love it says that he descended upon Jesus, then he filled Jesus, uh, then it says he filled him with no limit. Then Luke 4.14 says this. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. I love it. It gets greater every time, right? Every time it mentions it, it it is another level. He was filled without limit with the Holy Spirit's power. This is the good news this morning I want to encourage you with. And I just mentioned it. He wants to empower you. You have to know this. Well, yeah, but Brandon, that was Jesus, the Son of God. Listen, he wants to empower you. How do I know that? Because Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus said this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Amen. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit. He's saying, listen, this was after his resurrection. He had already died, was buried. He was resurrected. And he was talking to his disciples in Acts 1. He was about to descend and go back to heaven. And he told them, listen. Wait here. Remember a few weeks back, Pastor Todd talked about uh, that often we say that the last command uh, was the Great Commission, but it actually wasn't. This was the last command. He says to wait here in Jerusalem so you receive power. The Lord wants to empower you as well. Well, what do we need power for? Well, a lot of things. You know, and of course, to do the ministry that Jesus has called us to, whether it be witnessing, because that in that Scripture in verse 8, it says, you'll be my witnesses. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses. And so we want to be a strong witness, testimony about Jesus. We want to tell people about Jesus. We want to, uh, uh, I would love, you know, to lay hands on people and they be healed and miracles take place and, and all of this kind of stuff. 
But you know, we also need power for own, uh, some personal things going on in our lives. You know, just a few weeks ago, I was teaching in the Grow class. We have our spiritual growth track, uh, the Love, Grow, Reach classes, and I teach the second class. And, and just a few weeks ago, as I was teaching that class, I began to share my testimony uh, with the class, which a lot of y'all have heard my testimony that uh, for 10 years I was a drug addict and alcoholic, and, and, and at 24 years old I got radically saved right here at the altar. And, 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 you know, I talk about how God delivered me from drugs and alcohol. And some things was like overnight. Like I remember the next morning starting giving away some of the drugs that I was doing, and I was done with it. I never, never took them again. But there was other things like I was still drinking and still smoking a little weed every once in a while for the first few months. But I just kept crying out to God, kept praying, Lord, take this desire from me. Take the desire from, for, for all this stuff. Fill me with your desire. And, and, and I say, you know, a few months later, he totally delivered me from all this. So as I'm teaching this class the other night, and I begin to talk about how I got filled with the Holy Spirit a few months after I got saved. It was around two and two and a half months. And the light bulb went off. I remember like everybody in the class, my wife was in there. They all kind of started laughing because I had this like revelation moment. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just connected the dots. When I got totally delivered is when I got filled with the Holy Spirit's power. We were, we were, Brother Francis and Ms. Babs were teaching a, a couple's class down here. We were doing the midweek service upstairs in the north room, and Pastor Ty was leading that service, and he, 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 he hadn't even preached yet. We had worship like we did this morning, and he just said, I just feel like there's some people that have never been filled with the Spirit, and you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's you come up, and it was only me and one other lady in there. We went up, and the Holy Ghost fell in there in a mighty way, and I thought about that a couple weeks ago. That's when the total deliverance came, when I received power from on high. Amen? That's why we need power, y'all. You might be in here this morning and you're dealing with some stronghold. You may be dealing with some addiction. You may be dealing with some some kind of form of, of a stronghold, a bondage. It, 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 maybe it's the drugs and alcohol. Maybe it's the pornography. Maybe it's, it's to work. Maybe it's some stronghold in your mind or your emotions with a, a relationship. Just something that you know is not right. You know it's not godly. You know it's not pleasing to the Lord. Listen, we need power so we can get free and live free. Amen? That's why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit's power. So just as the Holy Spirit filled, empowered Jesus, he wants to empower you so you can get free, live free, and be able to do what he's called you to do. Amen? Number three, not only was Jesus conceived by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, but the next thing, the very next thing we see is that Jesus was led by the Spirit. Look in verse 4 again. I just read it. Luke 4, 1. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Isn't that, isn't that awesome that the first thing, the very next thing Luke says after he was full of the Spirit was that he was led by the Spirit. You know, we read throughout the rest of the Gospels. If you look, you'll see how the Spirit of God led Jesus for the rest of his time on the earth. And, uh, you know, the, again, the application here is, is we, we see the life of Jesus and who, this, who he was as a man and whatnot, but he wants to lead us. You know, I, I was thinking about this first service that, you know, isn't it nice having these, these phones, these smartphones now that have these, you know, the built-in like GPS systems, the apps, you know, the map apps, Yahoo or, you know, whatever Google Maps that you use. Isn't that nice? You know, a few years back, uh, my wife and I, uh, we went on a family vacation uh, 
uh, with her mom and, and her side of the family. And uh, we, it was out of state and we landed uh, in, a, in a big city we'd never been to before. And uh, I got a text from her mom and it said, hey, did you bring a GPS with you? And I said, no, but I brought an iPhone, you know, because I had the, you know, I have the maps thing on my phone and you just boop, 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 type in the, the address and it I mean, two and a half hours out of a big city to where we were staying at. And it's like, it's, it's awesome. You can type in any address, any city, any place in the United States that you've never been before. And that thing will lead you. It will give you directions to exactly where you need to go. We have a GPS for life right inside of us. Or you can have one if you don't. In our terms, the Holy Spirit wants to lead you. He wants to give you directions. Just as we don't know, we didn't know the directions to get to our condo for that vacation. You, you, there's things in your life I know that you're praying about. Direction that you have in your life, that you want in your life, that, that, that you want to be led by. You want to be, you need help being led to, should I say. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you. That's why He's here. That is the one of the reasons why He came. He wants to live in you so He can lead you. John, 1417 says this, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, which that tells us right there, by the way, that you must be born again first before you receive the Holy Spirit. Because it says the world doesn't recognize him. So you got to be saved to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But you know him because he lives with you and now and later will be with you. The Holy Spirit wants to live in you so he can lead you. In John 14, 16, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit uh, helper or advocate. Those different translations say it a different way. Both of those words come from a Greek word, uh, paraclete. And it's a combination of two different words. The first part of that, that word uh, means uh, one just like another or the same of the same kind. So what Jesus was saying is that I, uh, the Father will send you another one just like me. That's the first part of that word, advocate or helper. The second part of it means to beckon or to call. So what Jesus is saying is I'm going to send you someone just like me. And it, what he's saying is that the Holy Spirit is permanently called closely alongside each of us to provide coaching, direction, instruction, and counsel in our life journey. How many of y'all would say, I need one of not all four of these things in my life? We need that. We need that help. We need that coaching. We need, we need that direction. There's, there's things in our lives that, that we're going to do, paths that we're going to cross, places that we're going to go that, you know what, we, we're not going to know how to do it, how to go about it, or even what to do in that situation. But the Holy Spirit has been called. He's beckoned to come live in us right alongside of us and say, hey, I'm here to help. How can I help you? You know, I was thanking the Lord for my beautiful bride this morning. And as I was talking to her about my, my notes, she, she made a good point And she said, you know, you might want to talk about what does it look like to be led by the Holy Spirit? What, what does that look like? How, how are we led? And so she, she actually had a, a couple of good practical ideas. So I'm, I'm going to share them with you. You ever made a decision or was trying to make a decision in life, something that you had to do, maybe a relationship, major, I don't know, career move, buying or building a house, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and, and there was just times like, man, I don't know what it is, but I just, I don't feel right about it. I just don't have a, what we say, a piece about it. You ever felt that? 
and say like, man, I just, everything on the surface, like for us, we had planned on building a house a few years back and everything, I even prayed like, you know, the fleece prayers, like Gideon prayed. I'm like, okay, Lord, if you want us to build this house, sell our house for a full price offer and, and, you know, just let everything work out. Don't you know the real estate agent came back and said, you won't believe this. They're giving you a full price offer. That never happens. You better take that. I'm like, I will. Give me the papers. I will sign it. And you know, that was easy. No negotiating. They paid us what we asked for the house. I was like, oh, wow. Well, Lord, this is this must be the Lord's will. The Lord's leading us to buy a house, uh, to build a house. And so we go, we find some land, find an acre of land for a great price. And then this guy offers, he was uh, a friend of ours that we knew, offered to, to draw up our plans for us. Have any of y'all ever had plans drawn up to build a house? They're not cheap. He offered to do it for free. And I was like, wow, what a blessing. Man, God's hand is all over this thing, man. He's just leading us and guiding us to build this house. But guess what? This whole time we were going along, it looked on the surface like everything was good and God's hand was in it. Neither one of us had a piece about it. As we kept going further down the road, it's just like, man, I don't, it just, everything on the surface looked great. It looked good. But it just didn't have a piece. We didn't, we didn't know why. And it, and it finally came to head where one day the guy that I was buying the land from called me. And when I saw his number, I thought, man, I hope that he's calling to tell me that, you know, the land, I can't buy the land and it would mess everything up. And it, it, it struck me like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm hoping to get out of it now. And so he called me and it wasn't that. It was about something else. And when I got home that evening, I said, okay, Cassie, I got to be honest with you. When so-and-so called I was hoping that he was going to say we, we came by the land because I just don't have a piece. I don't think we should be doing this. When I told her that, she just broke down crying. She's like, I've been feeling that for weeks, you know, too. And we had kind of talked about it. She's like, we shouldn't, I don't think we should do this at all. And it was like, and that was it. It was, it was, it was done after that. I can't tell you why. Well, now I look at it now. We ended up buying a house and, and all the things we were praying for and asking for, um, uh, the Lord blessed us even more. He blessed us in a, in a greater way. Uh, uh, with, with the house. And so that was some of the reason why, uh, we didn't, why we didn't build the house, I don't think. So anyway, I'm, I'm starting to, Pastor Kelly, you need to pray for me, man. I'm starting to have some technical difficulties here. All right, here we go. I've been encouraging Pastor Kelly to preach on the iPad. He says, man, I'm just not ready for that. You know, if that thing freezes up. And so it's been giving me problems the last couple of times. And so he's like looking at me like, that's why I don't do it, brother. That's it right there. So it gave me, it froze up on me for prayer and fasting one night. And even this morning, I, I emailed myself and I pulled it up and like all the, the scripture references were going. All right, but we're back online now. I do have a backup in my wife's hand though, so we're good to go. Another way is also just to say this. Another way is, you know, about, you know, like that. It looked like all the doors were opening for us, for God. But, I mean, we didn't have a piece about it. Sometimes we try to do stuff in life, and, and, and we're going in a certain direction, but the doors keep on closing. You know, the Bible says that God opens doors that no man can close and closes doors no man can open. Sometimes the Lord wants to close the door, and we're still, like, banging on that thing, and we got one of those things that the SWAT team uses, and we're trying to hit it, and, you know, and, and the Lord's like, no, no, don't go. Th- I'm trying to help you here, you know. Now, listen, you got to pray through this stuff. Like I heard Pastor Todd tell somebody the other day, listen, you might, there might be a direction in your life. Either maybe the devil's trying to rob you of your blessing or the Lord's maybe trying to close the door. That's some of the ways, but prayerfully pray through it. Look at the scriptures, pray about it specifically. And as you read the Bible, God gives you direction. Also, you know, get godly counsel. You know, the Holy Spirit will lead you through other people too. 
He does speak through other godly people, and he can, they can help you. Your spiritual authority, you know, people you have in your life. You know, we pastors here, you know, elders. I was talking about how the first service that, you know, a few months back last year, I was preparing for a message, and I called Brother Francis. And I was like, man, I wanted to use this certain scripture, and, and was trying to fit it into my message. So I called Brother Francis, like, hey, man, what do you think about this scripture and how it applies here? And Brother Francis said, man, I wouldn't even go there. I'd leave that alone. And I'm like, yes, sir. Appreciate your help. And you know what? And I didn't. And later when I looked, I was like, man, I'm so thankful the Holy Spirit led me through Pastor Francis because I'd have been, I'd have been a hard time unpacking that thing. The Holy Spirit will lead us through other people, through his word. And by, oh, and again, if you have a peace or not, this is, this is not exclusive, but you know what I'm saying, right? Just some practical things. If you say, Brandon, what does that look like? That's some of the ways he leads us. So the Holy Spirit led Jesus and he wants to lead us. Number four, Jesus was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. We're coming up on, on, on Easter Sunday, right? Resurrection Sunday. And listen to what it says in Romans 1, 2 and 4. It says this, God promised his, this, this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Jesus' resurrection demonstrated him to be God's son, revealing him in all his glory. And it was the Holy Spirit's work that did this. It was the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I'm going to go quickly into the application here because the Holy Spirit will raise up from the, us up from the dead one day as well. Amen? I, the Bible makes it clear that, you know what, we're, our earthly bodies are not even going to stay here on the earth. Look what it says in Romans 8, 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Let me just stop right there. The, the, the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit to raise a man that was dead for three days lives inside our bodies as we speak, church. He lives inside of, that's encouraging, right? We can shut it down and close in prayer and go home right here to know that, man, that same power, the resurrection power. When Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave, you remember Lazarus, come out. And he came out, that was through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only does he create life, but he has the power to resurrect life as well. And then it says this, just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. The Holy Spirit is the agent of the resurrection of our bodies. Listen, some early manuscripts read, because of the same Spirit, which would mean that the Spirit is guaranteed that our bodies would be raised. In other words, we have a, a deposit. We have a guarantee knowing that the Holy Spirit lives inside our bodies that we're going to be raised. Isn't it good to know that the grave is not our permanent homes? Amen? When we celebrate uh, the Resurrection Sunday and Jesus' resurrection, it reminds us the same Spirit lives in us and that we're going to rise one day as well. Amen? It's good to know, like, hey, every day we're getting older, we know that, you know, uh, you know, for some, uh, you know, death, you know, death is certain, whether it be, you know, some people sooner than later, but it's, it's good to know we have a guarantee that even if, you know, I take my last breath today, my life doesn't end. Matter of fact, it just begun. It just begun. And the Holy Spirit is the guarantee, and he's the one that's going to make that happen by raising us up all together to go be with the Lord. Amen. And the fifth and final thing I want to tell you, we talked about all of Jesus, uh, how the Holy Spirit was in relationship with Jesus and vice versa. 
final thing I want to say is that Jesus wants us to depend upon the Holy Spirit. Just as he totally depended upon the Holy Spirit his whole time, whole time on earth, his whole three years ministry life, Pastor Todd talked about those three years as best they can see. Jesus wants us to depend on the Holy Spirit. And remember, he gave us an example by doing this, by depending totally on the Holy Spirit. And remember, and I thought about doing it at the beginning, but I'll explain it now because you might be thinking, because for years it was hard for me to wrap my brain around this. Well, why did Jesus need to depend on the Holy Spirit? He's God, right? Right? Jesus is God, right? So I always thought that when Jesus would raise people from the dead, or I love, one of my favorite things is whenever the Pharisees were like, had a thought about them, and the Bible says, Jesus answered their thoughts. I love that. I don't know, just like, man, that's awesome, you know? That was all by the Holy Spirit, you know? Why? He was God. Why did he need the Holy Spirit? Philippians tells us. Look, Philippians 2, 6 and 7 says this. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. You know, the literal translation and some other Bible translations, which more accurately says that he emptied himself. When he came down on earth, and Brother uh, Jim Darnell did a great teaching on this uh, one of the last few times he was here. He emptied himself of his, of his divine privileges and power. So yes, even though when he came to earth, he was 100% God. 100% man, he emptied himself of, of these privileges and power. And I believe one of the reasons why is to give us an example to say, listen, I had to depend on the Holy Spirit, and you're going to have to depend on the Holy Spirit, but it can be done. Amen? He's showing us, listen, it can be done. He emptied himself. He could have easily came down and even in the garden, he says, I could call legions of angels to come, but he didn't do that. He, he laid down all his privileges and all his power. So everything that Jesus did was by the Holy Spirit to show us that we have to depend on him as well. We have to depend on the Holy Spirit the whole time we're living here on the earth. Jesus set the example for us why he was here, because he knew that he would send the Holy Spirit once he was gone. Look in John 14, 25 through 26. says, I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate, you remember we just talked about that word, as my representative, someone just like me, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. He's saying, listen, I'm leaving. And even other places said it's better for you that I go. It's best that I go because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he says that he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I told you. You ever read the Bible? Maybe even read Jesus' words and, and days, weeks, months later you're in a situation and that scripture pops back to, in your head? Like, oh, you remember Jesus said this. That's the Holy Spirit reminding you just as Jesus said that he would. He said he will teach you everything. He's saying you could depend on him for everything that you need. We can depend on the Holy Spirit for everything that we need. Because remember, everything that God is doing on the earth is by his Holy Spirit. When we say, man, God's presence was in here thick in worship, wasn't it? That was the Holy Spirit. We know that God, the Father, is in heaven, and then Jesus is as well, right? We know the Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. We know everything God chooses to do is by the Holy Spirit. Our relationship with God is through the Holy Spirit now. He said he will teach you everything. You could depend on him. I begin to think about this. How many of y'all had like a favorite teacher in school? Raise your hand. If you had like there was one teacher who was just like, man, she was my favorite. Whether it was like elementary, middle school, high school, college. I begin to think, wouldn't it be cool if that teacher could have taught you from like kindergarten all the way up to your senior year in high school? 
Wouldn't that be cool? Because you just loved her so much. Because if you like me, there were some teachers like you didn't really care for. And I know those teachers really didn't care for me either, you know, at the time. But I thought, man, what if, what if one teacher that you just loved and adored was always there for you, tatted you and everything, what could teach you? Or I begin to think, what if there was one book, only one book, that can give you all the information you ever needed, you know, besides the Bible. Obviously, the Bible does. But, you know, on it, one book could sum up everything from technology to hunting to cars to cooking. You can find it all on one website. You can go to one website and it would teach you anything you wanted to know. You know, you ever Google anything and you got 85 million links that come up? I'm like, after two, I'm done. You know, I'm just like, I, I'm not reading all that stuff, you know. Wouldn't it be awesome to have everything just all in one place? What if your favorite store never ran out of supplies? Ladies, what if your favorite clothing store always had your size shoes or clothes or whatever you wanted, right? What about you guys? If, if, if you know, Academy always had the, the golf balls you needed, or clubs or the right shells for your gun or, I don't know, whatever, right, you know, bait for your, your, your rod and reel. What if the people that were closest to you in your life never let you down? What of those that are the closest to you, your spouse, your husband, your wife, maybe a brother, a sister, a parent, a best friend? What if those people never let you down? Because the truth is, I'm sure in a room this size, all of us can say somebody's let us down, right? Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit will never let us down. We could depend on him. He's always going to be with us. He will teach us everything we need to know, and he will never let you down. He's right there. He's your comforter. That's one thing we even talk about. We, there's so much we can teach on the Holy Spirit. We're just keeping it parallel with Jesus for this series this morning. But he's our comforter. When you're hurting, when those people let you down, the Holy Spirit comes alongside and comforts you. He brings healing in your life. When you need that help, he helps you. When you need power to overcome struggles and strongholds, he gives you that power. The Holy Spirit is all we need. Jesus is assuring us of this. He will never let us down. He wants to fill you, empower you, lead you, help you, and comfort you. And you got to know he'll always be with you. And you know, it's very simple. All we have to do is ask him. Would you please stand with me? In Luke eleven thirteen, Jesus said this. So if you sin, sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Why don't, why don't we just take a minute to pray right now? And I just want, I want you to just begin to ask, ask the Lord right now. Well, let's first go here. Let's, let's go in order. Like I said earlier, Jesus said that the world doesn't know him. If you do me a favor, every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's just take a minute to pray. Nobody looking around, please. Just it helps you not to be distracted and others. And you just 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 get before the Lord. Even, even though there's a bunch of people in this room, just close your eyes and act like it's just you and Jesus in the room and, and me talking. And that's it. As I said in the, my first point, Jesus made it clear, you must be born again. We were all born. Every one of us in this, in this building were born at one point or another. We were born by a physical mother, an earthly mother. 
But you know, we were born into a sinful world. And, and it wasn't any choice of our own, but, you know, at the beginning and then later in life, maybe we did choose to sin and rebel against God. But God loves us so much. He loved us way before he knew everything we was going to do. He created us in his image. He, want, he wants us to reflect his glory. He loved us so much. Again, John 3.16 says that he gave his son for us. And that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life, everlasting life. He told this religious man, Nicodemus, no matter how religious you are, how many times you go to church, if you're not born again, you can't enter into God's kingdom. You can't enter the kingdom of heaven. You can't do it on your own. Jesus made a way on the cross. If you would say, Brandon, you know, I don't know if I, if I ever got right with God, if I am right now, if I, if I ask the Lord to forgive me of my sins. You know what? I don't know. I'm not sure. You know what I'm talking about? That peace that the Holy Spirit gives you? If I would ask you this morning, and I will ask you, if you died today, if today was your last day on this earth, where would you go, heaven or hell? Heaven or hell? If you're not 100% sure, that means you're not right with God. My mom asked me that question years ago, and I said, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know where I'm going. And she said, if you don't know, it's probably because you're going to the wrong place. And she was right. Now there's a 100% peace. I don't doubt for a minute. Not because of anything I've done. It's all because of what Jesus has done that I'm going to heaven. The Holy Spirit has given me this assurance. If you don't have that 100% assurance, that means you're probably not born again and you need to get right with the Lord. If you say, Brandon, I'm not sure if I'm right with God. If I die tonight, I'm going to heaven, but I want to get right. I just want you to slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. If that's you, just slip up your hand. I see your hands right here in the middle. Thank you, Jesus. More hands going up. Anybody else? Thank you, my Lord. Another hand over here. Anybody else in the back? I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Hands over here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. See your hand, man. Praise the Lord. I see your hand over here. Anybody else? Come on, we're going to wait on you. This is the greatest miracle to ever take place right here. Is you being born again. Is you being saved. All of y'all with your hands raised, I want, you to, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you believe in your heart, the Bible says, and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's another way of saying you will be born again. And God will forgive you of your sins, and he'll make things right for you. Amen? He'll clean your slate. And you enter into a relationship with them. I want you to pray with me. Pray this prayer. We're going to pray this together as a church, as your new family. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for always wanting to be with me. Lord, thank you for dying for me. Now, Lord Jesus, I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for my rebellion. Lord, I turn to you today and I ask you to save me. Lord, I make you my Lord. I make you my master. Now, Lord, give me the strength. Give me the grace by the power of the Holy Spirit to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer for the first time, yeah, let's give him a hand. Praise God. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I know hands went up all over the room. Please do me a favor. Please don't leave. Come slip out your seat right after I say amen. We're going to close. And please come. You can even start making your way down to the altar right now if you want. We're going to have some pastors and people to pray with you. I would like to meet you personally. I want to give you something to help your journey uh, get started. And for the rest of us, before we leave, maybe you've been saved for a while. Maybe like me, like I said, I just the light bulb just went off. 
you know, 14 years later that it was when I got filled with the Holy Spirit that he totally delivered me from the power, uh, the, the addiction of drugs and alcohol and, and other things in my life. Maybe, you know, you've never been filled with the Spirit or maybe you're just struggling. You need some direction. You need some, some guidance in your life. You want to be empowered. You, you, need, you, you need a close fellowship and a closer walk with the Lord. Maybe we didn't get into the gifts. There's gifts of, of the Spirit. One of them is the evidence of, of, of praying in tongues. Maybe you say, man, I've been in church a long time. I've never prayed, had my prayer, heavenly prayer language and prayed in tongues. And maybe that's what you desire today. If that's you, I want you to come to the altar as well. And we're going to pray for you and just believe whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do, we're going to believe that he'll do. Amen. It might be filling you with joy. It might be peace. It might be deliverance. It might be your heavenly prayer language. You know, you might want to heal something. Maybe you have a broken heart and the Holy Spirit wants to feel you and heal you. Amen. So whatever it may be, please before you leave, slip down out of your seat as we close here in a minute and, and let us pray for you. Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you for, Lord, as we're rejoicing with our the new souls that have gotten saved, our new brothers and sisters, Lord God, that, that you birthed into the kingdom by your spirit this morning. I thank you for them and everyone else. I pray you just continue to feel and empower, lead, guide, and help every single person in this place, Lord. We give you glory, honor, and praise. I pray you bless everyone as they go. In Jesus' name, we pray amen and amen. Well, God bless y'all. Y'all have a great day.